Thank you. Well, I'm John Lee. I'm the chairman and CEO and founder of Silver Elephant. We're a company listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange. And uh, with the flagship asset, which is the Pulukayo Silver Lead Zinc Project, the company he's been operated on, uh, operating on in the last six years. I myself, I have over 20 years of experience in the mining industry, first 10 years as an investor, and the second 10 years, latter 10 years of running Silver Elephants. John, thank you very much for the introduction. Um, you're here really because you put out some interesting news on Pulukayo. You've done a deal uh, on some offtake. Um, perhaps you could outline the, the kind of the broad terms of that deal. Yeah, Merlin, as you know, the capital markets, especially in the junior mining industry, have been struggling. So the company's been given a mandate in the last 12 months to find different ways of generating cash flow that's not diluted uh, for the interest of the shareholders. So the deal has been in discussion for a number of months uh, with a company called Endian Mining. And what, what Endian has is they have a oxide processing facility about 180 kilometers away from Silver Elephant's flagship project, Pulakayo, in Bolivia, by paved by paved road. And Merlin, I had talked to uh, Matt about uh, four months ago. I mean, Pulakao is a big project, over 100 million ounces of silver in the ground. It has that oxide layer that's fairly high grade. Uh, and so it's, it's uh, so, so we, we were able to manage to, uh, to transact India mining and, and literally looking at a truck, a shovel operation of, of getting that top layer oxide uh, from the deposit and have a truck to uh, Indian. And in the process, India is going to reimburse Silver Elephant for certain operating expenses. In addition to that, it's going to provide over five million U.S. dollars, about six point five Canadian dollars, in in cash flow into the parent company for uh, for just uh, providing that technical expertise, the data room access, and just overall facilitating to making sure uh, a smooth uh, operation of that uh, shoveling and trucking operation. Marlin. And um, from that phase one oxide plan, uh, in that conceptual pit, you've got about um, 800,000 tons in the indicated category, about 235,000 tons in the inferred category. Um, yes. And the the grades are that the 800,000 tons is coming at around 239 grams per ton silver. They pay you for your costs. You get paid for a cost and you get this $5 million payment. But there's a kind of a kicker if the silver price rises. But there's no... There's no um, it's not on the amount of silver that comes out that you're getting paid. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. I mean, one of the things we, uh, I mean, it's a bit of give and take, Merlin. So in, in, in foregoing the upside for silver, so the, the payment five million is now linked to uh, it's now linked to the silver price, but it's it's more linked with the time frame. So it, think of a think of a more like uh, you're going into a. Uh, a for like a better example, a Chinese buffet, and all you can eat, you know, but you're given a certain amount of time. A certain amount case, of time. It'll be five years and a cap of eight hundred thousand tons. And if you buy more than eight hundred thousand tons, which means that there's probably additional discoveries being made, or they're going after lower uh, cutoff uh, offset materials, maybe because of rising silver prices, then they'll have to make they have to uh, a separate deal will have to be made. However, we didn't give the farm away, meaning that I think, first of all, the silver oxide is around 6 million ounces, about 5% of the overall resource of the Pulakaya project. And secondly, uh, it, we're going to get additional million-dollar payment if silver goes over $28, and another million-dollar payment when silver is over $32. And one thing, Merlin, I just want to preface that um, I've known this project for almost 15 years when I first started in the silver mining investment business and uh, we're very luck fortunate to get this project seven years ago in 2000 well 2016 so it was seven eight years ago 
the days of 200 grams of oxide on surface is long gone. <laughs> and so I, I think I think just because there's been a few transition of the project's ownership and also that the company was really focusing on expanding, you know, chasing the elephant, growing that resource. So there was hasn't been a lot of attention on on, on this 800,000 tons of, 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 of oxide materials on surface, even though it doesn't seem a lot, 800,000 tons, but you're looking at five to seven million ounces of silver. Uh, and, and that's what I said, because of these uh, downdraft in the junior mining, um, you know, junior mining uh, uh, market, sort of given us a sort of a, um, a stepping back a bit and given us sort of an overall look on how can we extract value and any high side was like, well, you know, 10 years ago, silver is $15 and, you know, 15, you know, 15 years ago, and now silver is $25 and this 800,000 tons actually spell out to over 100 million ounces of silver uh, in the ground of which, uh, I think we're very uh, pleased to have uh, struck a deal where where Indian is getting replenishing their their plant utilities utilization and we're getting a good uh, upfront payments of which um, minimizes dilution for our shareholders, Merlin. Okay, but you say that the, the days of 200, um, 200 grams silver and oxides are long gone, but there's a little bit left, which is what they're going after, isn't that right? Well, meaning that meaning that Greenfield Exploration Project, if you have had two hundred grams of silver oxide on surface with good tonnages, you know, they're either they're they're most likely have been already being shoveled and 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 you know bought out by the likes of Pan American and uh and uh and uh, silver standards and and all all these other majors. So my point is there's there's not a whole lot of uh uh oxide oxide projects out there on the near surface at these kind of grades that are still yet to be controlled by a junior. Merlin. Okay. And so they're gonna truck it um hundred and eighty kilometers um, and so they've done the calculations. They think that they, they can pay you for the kind of the expertise that you're providing, your cost tranche, the trucking, the mining operation, the the trucking and the processing, and they can still make some money on it. And um, y- you'll be making um, about a million dollars a year, up to potentially you know 1.25 if the extra kickers come in. What does that money do for you in terms of um, survival and then? Um, thriving, you know, you've got to survive and then to thrive, right? Well, really, you brought up two points. I think first of all, if you look at Indian, it's a. Let me just say they're a terrific company to deal with, and really a first class, very professional, and there's a lot of synergy and you know, for me, a formidable force because they have also, they also had a good track history record in operating in Bolivia, just like Silver Elephant in the last ten years. They're current up. Uh, they're currently producing about four to six million ounces per year. And you know, at a very modest rate of something like around 500 ton per day, um, the the oxide, the packet oxide operation could add, you know, pretty significant, maybe 10 to 30 percent of their overall production and and head graze uh, improvement. Uh, right now, they're mining had head graze about 100 grams to 120 grams uh, per ton. So this is going to be a, a a a welcome sort of a blending into their existing operations. And I think they've done their maths very well. They're a, a, a very good operator and have very good financing. So I think they, they probably, I think, and their stock went up, you know, uh, last couple of days with, with big, good volume. So I, I think that it is a synergistic operation for them. So having said that, in, in terms of a silver elephant, um, even though the contract is, is over five year period, but elephant has received 1.2 million US dollars on signing. And another 1.8 million dollars in about five months after they have become familiar with more with the project, 
and another $1 million in January 2025. So majority of that uh, $5 million will be received within the first uh, 18, 16 months uh, from signing. And $5 million US, $6.5 million Canadian, is um, more than covers the company's GNA. So the company is not looking to uh, raise additional capital um, at this point. And, uh, you know, I think the market right now, Merlin, the market's not rewarding for even even sort of above average drill results. And given the advance of the project, over 100,000 meters already drilled, uh, rather we're going to be deployed that uh, capital in, in, in more towards um, uh, helping Indian and, and, and uh, community relations and, and also getting the project fully permitted, which we expect to be sometime next year. Um, so just over the risk in the project, minimize uh, capital expenses and wait for, uh, for a better day, a turnaround in the junior market and hopefully a bit, bit, a bit of a higher prices in the silver market as well. So you might use some of that money to, on community relations which will, and, and also to help and in. Um, um, isn't that kind of, kind of a sli slightly circular flow of funds? Yes, let me be clear. Um, the, the oper any parts related to moving oxide would be uh, reimbursed and it would be uh, by, by India mining. However, keep in mind that, as I said, right, this is only the top layer of, of what the company and what Pulakai is all about. And we still have over 95 million ounces of, of silver in the ground. So I think some of the money will be earmarked uh, up to 5 million, probably between one and one half million dollar towards sulfi permitting, which is different from the oxide permitting. And and also some of the um, some of the engineering, some of the, it's not a feasibility level for it to be warrant compliant. However, uh, we have a good operational team and uh, I think we'll be able to source out of the local, some of the sort of uh, just legwork in getting getting a basic ideas as to what it'll take to get a sulfide plant and operation started. I'm not talking 3,000 tons per day, but more modest between 300 tons per day and 600 tons per day. And given Merlin that Bolivia is the sixth largest silver producer in the world, a lot of that operations are very small scale, like we're contemplating for a sulfide starter. That I think we internally we can do actually quite a bit of work to uh, to assess to the viability and economics of a potential sulfide mining and milling operation at Pulakayo um, at 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 the current silver crisis. And would you wrap that up into a kind of a formal NI forty three one hundred one compliant study? Would it be a PEA? Would it be a PFS? Would you try to aim to kind of pull it? You know, what, how how would you communicate that to the market? Well, I think that's the end goal. Right now, Marley, we're a $10 million market cap, which is unfathomable only two years ago when we were near the century mark. So I don't think the market is, is looking for a whole lot from us right now. Um, so we try, to, we, try to, we try to be as entrepreneurial as we can. Let's do a bit of internal studies, getting some collection of data. And when we do, if we do feel that the project is feasible or at least has some bite to it that it could generate cash flow with a good return of capital within a you know, good period of time is, uh, you know, really know so that the interest rate right now is very volatile. And, uh, and I think that if we have some good early indicators as to uh, the project could generate good cash flow at the current silver prices, and, the, and, and uh, we definitely would, would then hand over the data and make that official study. But regardless, I think some of the legwork we can do is going to save the company money instead of hiring high price consultants to come in and 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 do these you know 43 101 from the get-go so the plan is definitely to get 
this uh, the study formalized if if the management does see some light in the end of the tunnel or so, some good economic indicators of returns on the project. When you talk about Bolivian operations being quite small, you know, kind of 300, 400, 500 tons per day, isn't that typically on kind of narrow narrow vein, high-grade structures? But isn't the, the, the nature of Pulacayo to be a kind of a bigger tonnage, lower-grade target? I just wondered how that that, 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 that um, works yeah Merlin you're absolutely right uh, I mean Pulakaios for your information has actually it, it's actually the second largest silver mine in the world based on historical production um, the, the deposit is a bit like San Cristobal which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that project it had churned out over 20 million ounces per year for uh, Sumitomo it's one of the largest silver uh, open pit uh, operations in the world I think maybe the sixth was eighth, eighth largest and it's doing around 40,000, 50,000 ton per day. Uh, Pulakayo is kind of similar to San Cristobal in that Pulakayo was um, over 600 million ounces being dug out of the ground at Pulakayo. And, uh, you know, it went to uh, the deposit. It, it's very, very high grade. They were, they were not after anything less than 500 grams per ton, uh, per ton uh, you know, under 6% that in zinc. So, um, and, and the 100 million ounces is configured on a fairly low-grade sulfide, like you mentioned, but it's really configured as a giant 50,000 ton per day open bit operation yep. at around 100 uh, grand silver equivalent. Yep. It, it, could go, it could make a go at it because what that's equivalent to San Cristobal is today. However, uh, maybe not profitable at today's nano prices and inflationary environment. However, uh, the point I'm driving at is there is... Um, a, a a detailed sensitivity study is in posted on our website in in, in the in, in the technical study that there's about 30 40 million ounces of very high grade silver about four to five million tons out of this 50 million ton resource that's grading at over 400 grams per ton and over five percent that in zinc and that's also very fairly shallow from the attic around 100 to 200 meters from the attic level which means that the uh, Pulakayo is one of the very few projects in, in our view that have the flexibility or the optionality of, you know, putting a billion dollars in the ground of, of, of which, you know, before COVID is a possibility of doing big shovels of 30, 40,000 tons per day. But given the current circumstances, it's just not practical and feasible. So that, that's why we're talking about 300, 600 tons of which then the configuration will be very, very different. This will be an underground operation of which there's still some artisanal mining happening and they're digging, you know, very, very high grade things out of the ground. And every week or every month, Glencores and Trafigora would dispatch a truck or two getting this very high grade ore um, into their into their plants. And there's, you know, you're, you're talking about over 40 million ounces out of the ground today in, in, in Potosi region. So it's one of the largest uh, silver district in the world. And Pulakayo, I think if we were to go to, if, if the company were to commission a sulfide operation in, 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 or making a production decision in 2024, it will likely be a very high-grade, structurally controlled, uh, very narrow sulfide veins um, out of Pulakayo. And we're not talking narrow. It's, it's actually, it's actually three, three to five meter width. This is, this is not, this is not uh, so much like some of the other Mexican operation um, in the public uh, traded junior companies. These are, these are, very, these are actually very nicely uh, you know, mineable width of 35 meters. Um, and we, we do have some good intercepts, over 20 meters, actually, over 1,000 grams per ton. So, I mean, this is not like every single vein and they pinch and swell, but we, we do believe that there is a, a, a good possibility potential 
um, as a follow-up to uh, to the oxide operation to, to get the sulfide operation moving. Okay, thank you. I understand that much more clearly now. So you're effectively going to be doing internal re-engineering studies on a potential high-grade, smaller tonnage reconfiguration from within your wider resource. That's right. That's right. And I think, again, uh, it's been 10 years in the making. Merle, uh, we welcome our uh, your audience to visit uh, silveralf.com, of which there's a technical study. Um uh, What's important is what well, we talked about the historical 600 million ounces coming out of the Pulakalakaho vein. So that's where the majority of the capital is being spent on it. It's a, it, it also has a, a shallow oxide layer of a lower grade, but, but it's the prized possession of the high grade sulfide materials that the company's after. Uh, but the, the, the project, the, uh, the, the transaction that we announced with India Mining is actually a, a satellite deposit called PACA. And that's seven kilometers away from Tahoe Vein, uh, which means that if the company were to build a small sulfide operation and getting some of the high-grade um, uh, sulfide uh, uh, materials from Pulakayo, and once the, um, the uh, oxide gets removed from PACA, potentially we can extract the sulfide from PACA as well as a complementary feed into the, uh, the Pulakayo mill. So there's a lot of different possibilities and maybe a little confusing, but I think suffice to say that we're one of the few, very few companies, that we're very confident that we're not be seeking additional um, uh, capital infusions. I think we're going to be getting out of this, you know, downward spiraling private placements with warrants attached to them. And at the current um, market cap of $10 million Canadian with over $40 million US sunk into the project, over 100,000 meters drilling. I think that, you know, these are a couple of differentiators that really felt setting um, a silver elephant apart from a few other of our peers that are struggling right now. And that's what Bellin is compelled to get on your program and share this really very exciting development um, for silver elephant at this stage. So, so sorry, um, um, in that you said you, you don't see the need for external financing, but you'd be um, willing to kind of go to the existing shareholder base to kind of do... Um, kind of incentivized uh, capital raise. Do I understand that right? No, that's not in the cards. Uh, like I said, if we execute the, the business plan well, we anticipate, uh, we expect 3 million US dollars coming in before end of January, four months from now. So that w- and that's that's $3 million would be close to $5 million Canadian. That's more than of our um, uh, capital uh, GNA for till the end of 2024. So... I think the possibility it exists. I think if the silver price has, uh, you know, look, you know, looking up, I made, made a turnaround, and and if the if the if the audience and investment community continue to sort of return back to re, uh, rewarding junior company for good drill results or 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 whatever else, then the, then the landscape, the picture would turn. However, we're not we're, we we don't have that necessity to tap into our shareholders and and. To for additional funding requirement, and when you spe- when you would say the words GNA, you include the 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 team that you've got on board, which has got the engineering capability to to do the internal study Everything. next year. Everything. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. Good. Um. You know what? Hundred hundred million ounces in the ground, ninety six thousand meters drilling. Ending and clearly has done their homework. We're selling at ten cents an ounce in the ground of silver, and we're almost hundred million dollar market cap only a couple of years ago. Uh. You know, unfortunately, just this drip of the declining silver prices created a vacuum for us. We had a lot of enthusiasm and excitement for this project going forward. And, uh, you know, I think now is a good opportunity for investors looking to rebalance their portfolios or looking for 
projects that uh, that uh, doesn't have this dilution uh, concerns on the horizon. Uh, it's an interesting project to look at, uh, Merlin. You said that your shareholders uh, earlier in the in the interview. You said that your shareholders are not expecting too much from um, Silver Elephant. Um, what what would you like to be able to? What do you think they should be looking for? What do you think they are looking for that might um, help the company kind of get more traction in terms of its valuation? Well, Merlin, the story is well told. Uh, two years ago, Silver was trading 100% of explode on a quarterly basis, and we're one of the highest. We're the top uh, OTCQS top 50, so we're we're in the largest, highest volume trading in all of pink sheets in the United States. So I think the story is well told. I think the key here, Smirling, is having the management set objectives and and uh, and goals of which we can achieve. And we're not looking something like a pie in the sky, right? Like, but right now that's just stick to the basics. Make sure that we uh, we don't overstretch ourselves in our expenses. We control expenses well, cut off all discretionary spending, and and uh, and then uh, you know bring the story back within the investment community, which is working closely with the Indian mining, make sure that they're happy customer, deliver the oxide layer materials, continue to strengthen our local communities and with our government relationship, and then advance uh, almost on a stealthy mode on our potential sulfide operation and make a construction decision after we understand you know, have a very clear understanding. It has a very conservative approach and has a very tight um, sort of uh, hands-on with the cost of, of the sulfide operation. And at that time, let's look at the capital market at the time to see if there's additional partner, maybe Indian or maybe uh, some other companies that we have talked to that were interested in our operation. And there are a number of them, in fact, are in our data room. And then, and then, um, and then, towards the end of next year, 2024, uh, and then may, maybe potentially make a construction decision on a SOPA operation, and with with some innovative, creative, alternative financing to minimize that dilution to put that money into production for the SOPA operation. 2024. Sorry, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what are you trying to get done in 2024? Kind of advance the sulfide on a stealth basis and potentially reach a construction decision. Yes. 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 Okay. Well, there we go. That's that would certainly be something for shareholders to look forward to. Well, as a as a as, as a next step play, right? Uh, from 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 India, because you know, five million dollars is good for probably early twenty twenty in the twenty twenty four twenty twenty five. So then the company the the shareholders will be staring at a sulfide offer, you know, potential a sulfide deposit. It has high grade. It has open bid potential. But what is the next step towards that? And so, I mean, that's something that the company is uh, going to be focusing on in addition to working closely with the NDN to make sure that they're a happy customer. We, we strengthen our community relationship with the government relationship. And then, and then looking into how we can, what, what we can do with this, with this SOPI deposit from, from a high grade, you know, small operation from all of which we can have, have some as, uh, uh, certainty of generating cash flow and from there we can expand. Right now, you know, at at, at a at a ten year at five percent, it's surely prohibitive, uh, costly to 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 raise capital from from the market. And we just want to assure our shareholders that we understood that, and that and that any additional expansion plan or production plan would be looking at 
funding from identified uh, potential joint venture partner and with a very clear uh, plan of generating cash flow to return our shareholders. Thank you. And um, you mentioned the kind of the high turnover you had on the um, OTCQX. What does your shareholder register look like? Um, what, what do you know about your shareholder register that you can tell me? Well, really, it's hard to say because, as I said, uh, in 2021, we, we were turned over our entire shareholder based on a quarterly basis. So at this point, unless the shareholder is over 10%, it's not really a disclosable event. However, I can share that the Elephant has raised over $50 million since the turnaround of the silver market in 2017, and uh, of which we raised over of the $50 million, $30 million was raised since uh, uh, late 2020. So, I mean, the likes of Eris brought a number of uh, very big uh, funds out of Toronto and a couple of uh, US and uh, European institutions had also participated. Uh, we had also a very strong support from uh, BMO can accord uh, research capital, right cloud, right cloud. So, you know, we're well, it's, it's a well-told story, Merlin, in the community. And unfortunately, we had a few letdowns, some that is company-driven. I mean, we were going after the big operational, the pie in the sky. And, but some of the, I think majority is market-driven. Um, I mean, we're no different from a number of our peers are, they're all sort of, you know, in the mode of sort of trying to trying to reinvent their way, uh, themselves or finding a way just to ride out that storm and to to come to the other side of the uh, to to the other side of the tunnel or the rainbow and um the company kind of had a coal heritage right at the beginning and you you made some money off coal last year it, it, um i see that um dalian coal prices are way back at the kind of record levels again um have you got any little bits of coal left in the cupboard that you can sell on well we got more than a little bit of coal in the cupboard we got over 200 million tons of coal that's open pit fully permitted and uh it's a uh, 5000 gcb coal so it doesn't need any washing or sorting very low sulfur, so it's environmentally compliant. Uh, Merlin last year, uh, last year thermal coal went up to uh, over four hundred dollars a ton, which is unprecedented record. Part of that is, uh, uh, part of that is 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 uh, geopolitics uh, with Australia and, and and China sanctions and Russian sanctions and whatnot. But right now, thermal coal still stayed at pretty buoyant levels of over hundred ton, hundred dollars a ton. Um, Elephant generated over half a million U.S. dollars in net cash flow. And some of that's repatriated back to the parent in Vancouver from, from Mongolia. Uh, but uh, thermal prices has been very volatile. And the way we, uh, we operate Mongolia is very, uh, it's a very cost uh, conscious. So we're, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're, uh, we are uh, lending equipment, we're borrowing equipment and our team is very lean and mean. So right now the, Operations curtail because there's been a correction in the thermocol market. However, just in the last, I mean, really the magnitudes of, of the thermocol market is, is, is no worse than silver. I mean, they're going up and down 20, 30% on a monthly basis. So it's a little difficult to, uh, to uh, so we're just being nimble right now. The, the operation is curtailed right now. I think, I think if, so, if, if coal prices were to go up another 20% from where we are, which is entirely be possible, then we would be looking uh, to resume coal sales and operation on a small scale basis. And what that, what I mean by that is Merlin, we're looking at probably uh, our goal based on just experience from early operations in 2023 would be somewhere around hundred to $200,000 US per month on a monthly basis. But the, it's not a big operation, but the beauty of that is, you know, we can stop and we can start whenever we want. So uh, you're looking at, so that is that is the sort of the goal we have, but but that will be highly dependent on 
where thermal coal price is going from there. So I would I would not uh, I would not factor into you know that part of the uh, cash flow into our operation. Nor are we promoting that. However, it'd just be a nice surprise if 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 we were to make it, you know resume production. Uh, however, I, I just want to assure that the company is looking after our purse so that I think the last thing we want is to divert our attention and focus away from the silver into coal and lose money from that, right? So that's the last thing we want. So I, I think if we were to do anything on the coal front, would be would be would be uh, would I think first of all making sure that we're not losing money, and then secondly is you know trying to make sure we are nimble and flexible um, to uh, to operate uh, depending on the thermal coal price price, and third if we can extract you know reasonable hundred thousand dollar per per month. Uh, from Mongolian operation, we'll be very happy to take that. So, in in essence, you have to uh, not move on anything until you you're sure that the margins are going to give you the that that profit. Or if we can get a one of these partners, kind of like Indian, that would be willing to forefront the capital, provide the mining expertise, provide the equipment, you know, cover all the basic expenses, then we're definitely are willing to do that. And we actually, you know, some of the customers that we sold to in January 2023, which we uh, disclose, they are very, very big uh, shop in China. They, they, they import 20 million tons of coal from Mongolia. So they certainly have the capability in technical and financial and in, in relationship to move this project that we have in Mongolia called Ulanovu to the next level. But I think part is just all are looking for a better stabilization in thermal prices before we advance our discussion toward the next step. Yeah, and you're not going to change the name to um, Coal Elephant. Uh, well, you know what? We had, uh, you know, the company had a bit of a history you can look into. We spun out the, the nickel asset. We spun out the vanadium asset. We spun out the royalty company. So it's one, it's, it's one for four, which has never been tried out and precedented on the TSX. And that's why we got a little bit of backlash because... Because uh, you know the shareholders, you know, looking at four companies, and obviously silver elephant prices were adjusted accordingly, having some of the assets been carved out, and that precipitated or exacerbated the downward spiral that we experienced. It's not so much there's something wrong with our assets, silver asset per se, but we actually uh, we actually had a uh, planned a company called Thermal Coal, Mega Thermal Coal, and that is wholly owned by Silver Elephant. So from an arrangement. Uh, from from sort of the corporate arrangement perspective, the company is ready to spin out the coal asset at the right timing. Good, good, good. Well, um, you had the heady heights of share price of um, five dollars per share in twenty twenty. So, um, yes, we did. You know, <laughs> uh, it's a long way back. John, thank you very much for taking the time to explain what your plans are. Um, in terms of the, kind of the news flow for the next few months to the end of the year, and perhaps into the first quarter of next year. Um, uh, can you kind of give me some indications of what you're trying to hoping to put out? Certainly. Well, I think Merlin, given as I said, our market cap of $10 million Canadian with over $100 million ounces on the ground and no bank debts, very little debts to speak of. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe it's a choice to our shareholder that there are not going to be negative surprises coming on the horizon is what they want to want to hear, that there's not another shoe that's going to drop. And uh, I think that's first of all. And secondly, we're working very... We want to make sure that the we want to support and and uh, making sure Indian is successful in their operations and uh, you know get their trucking and shovel operations started before end of the year. Have a ribbon cutting event uh, inviting communities and government, 
and uh, so that we can, uh, in in the in order to receive the second payment, which would be 1.8 million dollar US in January 2024. That's only four months from now. So then the company will be well financed for our entire GNA and uh, objectives for 2024. And then hopefully at the end of the 2024, um, scheduled to make a news on our sulfide operation, right? And uh, I think that'll be well, very welcome in the news. And in addition, there's another $2 million from Indian payments in January 2025. That's 1.5 million. And then another half, half, half a million in 2026. We want to make sure that we continue to support their endeavor because they're, they're successful. While in the meantime, uh, we, we sort of rekindle, restart our conversation with a number of majors that we are we are having right now regarding our sulfide operations. So there's plenty to do. And then if we get a surprising news release from our cold fronts, uh, and, and you know that's all for the better. Right now, we just want to make sure we want to plug all, all of our holes, making sure that we are that we we uh, that we preserve our share count. We only 30 million shares. We do have a, a number of shareholders that are more retail, private, uh, accredited individuals that are well supportive of our endeavor. Everybody is underwater. Um, majority, 90% of our private placements were done over $3. We did a, a small run of a, a less than a million dollars at uh, 45 cents. And right now the stock is trading at uh, 25 cents. So we just wanna make sure we clean up those uh, loose shares below 45 cents and start to create and build shareholder value rather than having to, you know, dilute ourselves to alleviation, Berlin. Sounds like a good plan. John, thank you very much for explaining it to me and um, good luck in the months ahead. And thank you for your time. Terrific questions.